0: Hey everybody, Zach Mitovich here with
1: Courtney Matern.
0: Hey, there we go, Courtney. Welcome back again.
1: I'm so excited. I don't know how I got so lucky to have to.
0: The honor is all yeah. mine, and and your and our listeners. You're you're fantastic on here.
1: Yeah, it's so fun to come on and you know out from the recording booth where I'm just typing y'all notes, like make sure you ask this or. It's a little scary. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, just being honest. I mean, anytime that. You get in front of your customers, in front of your audience. When you're used to working behind the scenes, you just, I mean, deep down you hope that they like you. They hope that you like what you're making and working. I mean, I've been working on this podcast for three years, been at Builder Trend Four, working behind the scenes to bring on the guests, to program the topics. And podcasting is odd because it's what we call in marketing one-way communication. It's where we're sending out messages and providing content and you don't get that instant feedback like on social media. And uh, so it's hard to know exactly how everyone's feeling, but I know we have 10,000 listeners strong, so that's always a good sign. If anybody out there is listening and you want to let me know how we're doing, you can send a note to podcast at buildertraining.com. I'd love to get your feedback. And actually, uh, that's one of the ways that I... Uh, connected with our guest today. Who is? Is Adam Copenhaver. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. She's doing the intro. <laughs> Adam Copenhaver from Copeland Homes. He's a builder based in South Carolina. He's been on the podcast before. Yes, he He's a star. And when he was on the first time, I reached out to him because he said that he was a fan of the podcast. And I was having some gut feelings that some of our episodes weren't working or I was worried about providing the right content for our listeners. And so I reached out to him and talked to him for like an hour <laughs> while he was driving. And he told me about... All the topics he likes to listen to, all the podcasts he listens to, um, his favorite things about the hosts. He had lots of great things to say about Zach and Charlie, which I know everybody adores you guys and your your banter. <laughs> like when we meet builders, sometimes they're like, "Those guys even like each other." I'm like, yes, they're they're besties. Um, but we reached out to him; he gave us really great feedback, and he's back today to kind of talk about you know what else he's listening to, other ways that he's finding growth as a business owner, and I think that. Uh, continued learning and being willing to keep adding new skills to your bucket or into your uh, tool belt is so important for builders to stay relevant, especially when the industry is changing so rapidly.
0: Yeah, love it. Well, I could not have done it any better myself. So without further ado, let's get Adam on here. Hey, Adam, welcome back to the Building Code, second time on the podcast. How you been since we saw you last? Um,
2: Zach, thanks for Courtney. Thanks for having me back on. Um, Everything has been Everything's gone great. Um, the last time I was on, I think we were in the midst or the tail end of COVID. And so honestly, I don't know. I don't know what was up and, and down back then. So I'm extremely grateful that we are past COVID and, and things have seemed to settle out, normalize. Um, we got back to more of a predictable environment. So I'm celebrating that today. Um, now that you asked, because it's, it's pretty cool um, to see it back to normal again. And, and that is, uh, yeah, my
1: sanity's back. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about that that time blur. Like time was both expanded and it shrunk. And I keep thinking back. I'm like, was it three years, five years, 10 years, a decade? Like, well, I age
0: 15, so yeah. it's all relative. <laughs> true, true. Very true, Zach. I yeah, see in too. our notes, you were on episode 151 in 2022. And so this is episode 190. So that's, that's quite a sprint. Like maybe every 40 episodes, we just have you on.
2: Yeah. Sounds good.
1: <laughs> so for listeners who may not have caught that episode, um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Cope Grand Homes.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, great. Um, I hope folks go back and listen to it. I think that one was on, um, building a bad to the bone team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I was grateful to get to share a bit more detail about that, but, um, yeah, I think some unique things about me, I think a lot of us have the same journey, uh, into construction, you know, some influences, um, I have a twin brother who helped uh, me get into construction. Particularly, we grew up um, doing some projects with our family. Uh, we went to um, get our four-year education. I went into engineering. Uh, ben went into building science and construction, which is really great. And then through that, we continued to do our projects in construction. And then we graduated both, uh, ended up with, as our game plan was, is go work with the smartest guys in the room. And uh, and learn for a decade how they do it and how to run a business with the ultimate game plan that we were going to be in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, building houses together. So, um, so yeah, we took two separate paths, um, but came back together. It's been great ever since.
1: What do you like about building in Charleston? I was just out in Raleigh a couple of weeks ago, visiting some of our customers and that part of the country is just so beautiful. What are your favorite parts of building on, on that Southern East coast?
2: Yeah, I think um, particularly our team is, is kind of focused on building um, challenging, unique projects. And Charleston, you know, the East Coast in particular, a hurricane-ridden environment, um, a very hot and humid environment, which gives its challenges in construction And then uh, an earthquake potentially prone environment i I hate to keep talking about them i think the last one in charleston was like 1860s 1880s something like that and so we've got all these things that we need to plan for in um in in preparation of building a home particularly in engineering and then the uniqueness of building high-end custom homes is uh, brings its own level of of complexity so as you as you try to seek after mastery and a number of things it's these challenges that take you to the next level and the next level and that's always been fun um it just so happens that charleston in the canvas that it is in south carolina on the coast we have beaches we've got rivers we've got marshes we've got just these amazing historical places nonetheless too and we get to build in each one of them so i was on a um, a zoom call this morning and i had some, a couple meetings from the job site and we're on with the architect and the landscape architect and my brother's on it. And we're chit chatting before the client gets on. And And they said, hey, Adam, where are you at? And I just turned the camera on my phone around and, you know, there it is, this beautiful, expansive ocean that's, you know, as we're peering through the family room um, out there. So, you know, I, we are blessed, like hands down. Um, I know there's probably some listeners right now like saying, God damn it, like, you know, we should we should be there. What are we doing in Kansas? Yeah. Uh, so or speak. Nebraska. Or that Omaha? literally did
0: cross my mind. Do you want to see our cornfields? Well, we got cornfields. Hey, fields. yeah.
2: Y- y'all call me if you're interested in making a move to Charleston. There's <laughs> always looking for good people to add to the team, that sort of thing, too. And, and I'm not kidding about that. Like, wow. I'm from Pennsylvania. Ben and I are from Pennsylvania originally. Still love visiting. Um, but when you do get to level up and go to these places, um, I would say that Charleston's been a place where we vacationed a lot before we actually decided we want to move here. And, and it hasn't changed for us. It's, you know, in the weekends, um, nights, that sort of thing. The the most beautiful thing is if we want to go out on the boat or go to the beach or go to see some scenery, it's super easy to do here. Um, if you're a mountain lover, um, Charleston, South Carolina, we're four hours from our mountain range out there. So that's pretty convenient, too. So, yeah, I'm bragging on the East Coast a bit right now uh, for all those folks. There's there's definitely different areas of the country that have their um attributes um ben and i and, and a lot of folks live here and the attraction to charleston of course is very strong so for all those reasons that's my passion about charleston and getting lucky enough to build a career here with the rest of our team
0: that's incredible i is charleston a pretty fast growing city i am pretty good at paying attention to like regionality and movement and is charleston seeing a benefit of that Are you seeing a lot of it growth in the city no
2: yeah no doubt zach it's um there used to be a statistic it's it, um, uh, it's outdated right now but um at one time it was uh, i don't know 100 some people a day moving wow. to charleston um something like that which is insane you know courtney there I go to your eyes <laughs> like yeah. yeah no doubt um i i also I'm, I'm not responsible for everybody moving to charleston it's <laughs> you just sell it that, so well yeah it's a landscape that attracts yeah. um folks for, for all kinds of reasons and particularly the business development of, of the Chamber of Commerce and Charleston in general. Um, we've got Volvo here now. Um, Mercedes has uh, a small piece here, Boeing's here. Um, so there's there are some distributions and there's a huge port here that drives business. Now I'm one of the folks, I'm a tree hugger at heart. If I've, if I've never covered that here in the podcast, I am. Um, I don't want to cut down a single tree. I want to I appreciate the landscape when we design our homes you're going to hear me talk about it and how important it is i'm not trying to exacerbate the potential of flood um, with what we do and and i don't want to ruin any landscape but, but i'm not a nimby you know type of person either um i just want to do i want to i want to plan homes in certain areas in the appropriate way to appreciate the environment and not destroy it um, and then sure i do want things to stay rural in a lot of cases as well so Um, I might be one of those guys on the fence of, uh, hey, I want to build a career in construction, but I don't want to destroy the environment while I'm doing it.
1: Have you ever built a house around a tree? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Seen those houses that sometimes have like a trunk through the middle? They they add
0: it around it. Yeah,
2: for sure, three sides around it, never completely on four sides. Although it's probably coming. Um, Certainly have put trees inside of houses, Um, Mm -hmm. but. we build houses under trees too, Courtney. Um, in Charleston, you can look them up. There's a, um, a a live oak tree, which is a specimen tree and a protected tree, uh, all across the South on the coast. And we have some pretty heavy restrictions um, over those grand oaks. and and particularly we design around them, under them, potentially also within them to protect them, but also celebrate them. And so they're they're very unique monuments. They can pose some challenges, and you know to that extent too there are properties in Charleston that are just unsellable because or unusable because they've got specimen grand oaks on them and you just yeah. can't do anything to construct around them. Wow.
0: They are, they are pretty incredible. The that live oak. I have yeah.
2: I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess you see, I'm trying to think about uh, for folks to see what they look like the movie, the notebook, you know, mm-hmm. there's uh, which was form, filmed, you know, not just a 20 minutes down the road here. Uh, there's a lot of that. If you, what's that new series? Um, uh, so I'm gonna my wife oh, watches wow. it.
1: This reminds Outer me Banks, though. Outer Banks, yeah. Right. So we you, you watch that.
2: That's, that's a lot of that filming is done here in Charleston, although it's a Outer Banks type of setting. But uh, yeah, you can see what the landscape looks
0: like if you if you check out those. That's wow. yeah, it's almost like magical looking. The whole environment is just so special. You know, we wanted to bring you on today to talk a little bit about your inspiration. You know, like the live oak tree is inspiring for building Uh, and talk a little bit about, you know, ways that you, you know, use outside sources to help inspire you. And, you know, the theme of the episode is like, what have you been reading? So what have you been kind of since we last talked been exploring to kind of tell our listeners?
2: Yeah, I think uh, we chatted a while ago, a collaborative builder trend on, on a little piece and And I I chatted just a lot about education, Um, and I mentioned a little bit about education, Ben, uh, my brother's got a four year education in building, I've got mine in engineering, we collaborate now in in, in the construction industry, most folks, after they're done with school, like the pace of level learning, Mm -hmm. um, depending on how you participate, um, used to be hyperbolic, and then it just, you know, you go somewhere, and maybe the first couple of years of work, you're, you're learning a whole bunch and then it plateaus. Um, And so my recommendation there, because of the, if you do not get out and you don't have an opportunity for other educational resources, you're just going to, you're probably going to get caught in a rut. And I, uh, my encouragement there was, was to recognize how easy it is to access um, other means of education, to improve yourself, improve your team, improve your company. And so I'm, I'm very interested in that. I'm, 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 Definitely self-improvement, but I also want to do so for the rest of the team, my family, those around me. Um, and so, yeah, I read a lot. I subscribe a lot. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And and when I do those things, are kind of all different times of, of my day or my routine and what I do them. Um, so particularly reading, um, book reading, I've actually – it's been a little while since I sat down and read. I'll have to think about that. Most of it's been audio, um, and I use Audible. And I'll get a book recommended to me or I'll, I'll search a topic and I'll do it. But the one I just finished up was really cool. Um, it's called Who, Not How by Dan Sullivan. Um, and, and he had a co-author on it too. Forgive me for get, forgetting your name. Um, but, uh, but it's a really cool, really great book. Uh, Who, Not How is based on the premise that um, in elementary school, you are taught or, or formal education, you're taught not to collaborate with others. Um, we learn on our own. We sit at our own desk. Typically, we're going to take our own quizzes, take our own exams. And collaborating with others in school was oftentimes a form of cheating. And so it was discouraged to collaborate with others. And so now we're all ingrained for the most part that we need to go through life like this. We need to go to our career. We need to sit at our own desk. We need to figure it out on our own. And for me, particularly as a business owner, you've got to wear all these hats in the analogy, um, growing a business from just Ben and I now to, you know, 10 folks strong and doing what we're doing is an evolution of taking all these hats that Ben and I had on at once and understanding how to start, uh, participating with others, uh, finding other who's, um, to help us out with what we need. And so, so Dan Sullivan's whole concept behind this and Dan has a coaching program, um, that I'm probably going to be a participant in after reading this book, uh, in the future as another means of getting more education and improving our, our, our team uh, dynamics here. But um, he talks about the who, not how. It's most of us say, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna grow my company? How am I going to get to my next opportunity to build? Um, instead, the question should be common, should frame around who? Who can help me do this? Who can I seek out to? And the great thing that Dan points out, I think, in this book that I'll celebrate too, is, is he said, you can't just go and expect others to help you. You can't just think that you're going to go find another who, and that things are going to be kumbaya and, and you get your success that way. It's you have to go to that person after you find them, um, after you answer the question of who, and you need to add value to what also they're looking for. And so we've we've tried. I'm going to be implementing this in in our hiring process as well, um, to find other who's. But it's important, You know, right now I'm trying to, quite candidly, uh, it's changed the way that I'm going after our website revamp. So as a builder, I'm gonna say something that's gonna probably resonate with a whole bunch of other builders across the country. Um, I'm not updated our website in in years. I mean, half a decade, it feels like, which is crazy. If you wanna find our most recent content, I always offer our clients to go to our Instagram or socials Because it's there on a regular basis. Um, But I realize I need to do it because that's oftentimes what folks do. And so I was in charge of doing the last website. Uh, And at the moment, I'm trying to find that who to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be the best at this. It used to be when I was wearing all these hats. And so I'm looking for that who right now. Um, I'm looking for the who that can do the website. Help us with the social stuff. Uh, we had somebody there in that position not too long ago. They graduated college. They've gone on to another fancy career. Um, I wish them the best. Thank you, Margo, for all your time with us if you ever listen to this. And, um, and so those, those are the components. This, this book has helped me reframe not how am I going to get this done because if I rely on that, I'll time travel like five years until I can, you know, decide to make create my recreate the website. And so that book really kind of jump started a whole a whole bunch of these opportunities that I have to to 10x the opportunity of um of getting stuff done, really. Um so that's been a big part of that uh that book uh, I won't kind of go in well I'll go in deeper if you guys want to, but I'd offer that listen hands down. It's a relatively short listen for an audiobook. Um, if you, if you want to go through it a little bit quicker, change the speed to 1.25, uh, like I do, and you get through it a little bit quicker, but fantastic. One. Uh, I was just going to ask, by Dan Sullivan.
1: I was going to ask, how do you find the time oh, yeah. <laughs> to do this extra? Oh. I think that's how, when, I don't know, I'm definitely like a lifelong learner and carving out the time can be tough, but how do you, what, what part of your day do you soak up this information How did you decide to prioritize the continued learning?
2: Time priority is like a a huge juggling act. Um, There was um, somebody, I think folks often talk about work-life balance. Um, I think it's, I've heard this term work-life integration um, rather than work-life balance. So, So you kind of figure it out. We all have so much more time than we think that we have. Um, and most of that's kind of idle time. But if you can get more dynamic about planning um, certain portions of your day and getting into certain routines, that's a great opportunity. Um, for me, it's especially difficult because uh, number one is family. Um, got an awesome wife, an incredible wife, Christy. And then we've got these three beautiful children that are all four and under. And and they, you're trying to develop them and grow them too. So they take uh, a huge amount of time as well. And then, of course, we've got our business also. Um, and, and you've got a lot of responsibilities there. Uh, most of the time that I get to listen to some things um, is going to be on nights and weekends. Um, and so if I'm traveling, traveling's easy. Um, if I'm traveling 45 minutes away to a job and I don't need to make phone calls, boom. I'm just, I'm not a radio listener at all. So talk radio or you know any of the, any of the music genres that I like, I'll keep in touch with them from time to time, but I will not listen to the same radio station and hear the same songs ever on the way to work every day, so to speak. So most of us in construction have some pretty long travel, um, just time to travel and you might be traveling with somebody else. Like a lot of our subs are in work trucks and that sort of thing with some other people. I say, just throw it on, Uh, throw it on for everybody in the truck or or throw your ear pods in and get little doses of, of what you want to be listening to. A lot of our subs are listening to stuff on the job site. Um, I recommend one, one headphone, not two headphones, you can still hear what's going on to be safe, Safety first. but there's an immense amount of time for those subcontractors to be listening to things that, you know, it doesn't need to be a business book. It doesn't mean who, need to be who, not how, um, it could just be some self-help type of stuff or, you know, uh, routine stuff, uh, fitness stuff, all that stuff, whatever you might be interested in. Um, those sort of things, just listen to it whenever you can. Mine, whenever I'm doing your work, there's not a chance that I don't have my headphones in like idle work. I'm listening to something. And that, that's, that's the key thing is anytime I've given a chance to do it, Courtney, I'm popping my headphones in. They stay with me every single day and I'm just catching up on whatever I was listening to the last time. And then when I get a phone call, so what, I'll pause it and I'll get right back to
0: it. It's interesting how too. I guess this is a personal anecdote. My I've noticed I've started to passively not do things that then lets me actively do other things. So like people will be like, what are you watching on Netflix? And like, I don't, I don't really watch Netflix shows. So what am I doing in the meantime? I watch a lot of like documentaries on YouTube. I spend a ton of time finding, yeah, like you start finding these like small moments to like kill 10, 20 minutes, but like you can find some amazing stuff. And like, I've learned a ton about building on YouTube just by like, I had a customer tell me this, I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm just gonna plug the term in it spits out. I watch a video. And I'm like, oh, I can actually have this conversation now. So there's just little things as your life changes and evolves. Mm-hmm. I have just naturally noticed I've started to pick. And the key thing for me is I'm just a really curious person. Yeah. Um, and so that, that I think I just have that innately, but not everybody does, you know, but it's, it's something that I think is really critical for growth is that you got to have something that you make the time, you find ways to do it, and then you make decisions about what you put that time towards. You
1: start intentionally and right. then it becomes habit. Then it's just who you are. For me, like, I guess my personal anecdote, my big tip came from Atomic Habits by James Clear about, you know, building these tiny little habits that add up to have big impact. And I started pairing something I didn't want to do, which was exercising with something I really wanted to do. Um, but both of them were goals of mine. I wanted to exercise more and I wanted to read more. And so when I have a book that I'm really into, like I'll read it while I'm on the treadmill. And now I find myself being like, I gotta go get on the treadmill. <laughs> like I'm gonna put it up, I'm gonna walk the incline and the time flies. And then I've, I'm almost done with my reading goal for the year just because I paired those two things, the, things I, the one thing I wanted to do and the thing I didn't wanna do that I knew was good for me. <laughs> So yeah, there's a tip a, for anybody a out there. Really,
2: that's a really good idea. I just heard recently, too, that Peloton has, you can hack the screen on a Peloton to to watch whatever you want to watch. Uh, one of our clients was watching movies while he was on a Peloton. He's like, yeah, before I knew it, you know, two hours later, I got some nice ride in. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which is Which is great. So you, you realize that you can kind of hack these different unused areas in your life. And Zach, 100%, YouTube University is a remarkable place for content. Now, you know, everything comes with an asterisk, but... I remember, you know, I just think about multiple times this year where um, I'm just not quite ready to go to bed yet. My my brain's spinning or something like that, but I just need to unwind. And it's not a night that I'm gonna be sitting at my computer working through and that sort of thing. And so I'll go and type in whatever I wanna watch, um, have a have a glass of whatever and just sit there and I'll time travel for like an hour or two. And it might be, hey, I wanna I wanna watch some fly fishing videos, uh, which is a passion of mine. Um, I might want to watch a fly fishing video from like across the world. Or um, recently, um, also, you know, a lot about different construction techniques that that are all there. You know, all the build show stuff is on YouTube as well. So it's pretty fascinating because you'll go from one thing and then the algorithm of YouTube or the AI behind it is like, hey, this guy really liked that because Mm -hmm. he watched the whole thing. So we're going to give him more things of up next, up next. I appreciate that because without YouTube, I probably wouldn't be as well versed in a lot of things that I am now. Certainly, Courtney, you'd probably be walking separately than reading, and and so yeah, it's it's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, doubled my my time, well spent by doing yeah. that, by combining the two. Adam, we have to tell people the last time you were on the podcast, in episode one fifty one, you had mentioned that you. you li- you were a big fan of the, po- the podcast, the building code, you listened to it. And I took the opportunity <laughs> to make you part of podcast research. So I, I called Adam and, and asked him all these questions about the podcast. What could be better? What does he like to learn about? What does he want to hear? And one thing you told me was you like learning and hearing from other builders about, you know, what inspires them and what mistakes they've made and lessons they've learned. So now it's time to put you in the spotlight and share <laughs> and share. What it's, is like a lesson? Feels you have like a, Segment
0: like a bit like the lighting should change. Yeah, you know? like, tell us tell us what mistakes you've learned. The lights sir.
1: dim. We put a spotlight on you. Like you're being interrogated. Holy smokes! Yeah, <laughs>
0: um,
2: I think that we. I'm not totally prepared for this question, but let's just yeah. let's just talk about it. you guys dig. We'll in do it live. Say, we'll do it. Tell me more live. about that, Adam. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the biggest mistakes that I've made. I'm you know I just got off an AHAB meeting too, and. You're on the call. I was on the call with another, a number of other builders from across the country, and and in order to run a business, you need
1: to
2: you need to make sure that it's a profitable business. Okay, um, you need to be responsible to your team, to your clients, to your subs, to your vendors, to make sure that you're running a business profitably, so that you're not just you know propping a tent up with with a with a toothpick, so to speak. So we got cut pretty deep during COVID. Um, to be honest, of, of the silent little things. Um, luckily our our economics were pretty sh- or, you know our planning was pretty strong and and how we followed some numbers was was pretty strong, but not strong enough to, to what it is today. and I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, i'm I'm fearful that a lot of builders and and this is this might hit a hit a chord. Um, to some extent, we're in this Ponzi scheme where, well, they're not focused on their margin or their business numbers so much that they just use a deposit from the next job to to complete the last job, um, and that that this market that we've been in for the last ten years has really enabled a lot of builders to do that, um, which is very dangerous. And and so, I'd encourage um, first builders because I've been here too, where the numbers didn't turn out as good as you wanted to, and the reason that COVID caused so much stress. And I'm sure, I'm absolutely certain this is the fact for a lot of builders out there, a lot. It's caused a lot of financial stress that a lot of builders didn't see until maybe now um, because of the time, particularly. Because of the, the other particular reason is because the cost increases. Okay. For me, I lead our business, we lead our business, the entire team on the golden rule, hands down. We do know others how we want to be treated. And so do we have provisions in our construction agreements that say, is there an escalation clause? Absolutely. Um, and going into COVID, we kind of forced, uh, we, we saw what was coming up. And particularly we said building materials and lumber. And so we called these things out on our contract and we said, hey, we're really not sure what's gonna happen to lumber. It's been volatile. This risk, we can't take on our own as a business. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna share our lumber number with you. And whatever it is, by the time we're done uh, purchasing lumber, that's the number. It's been volatile. If it's lower, we'll give you the difference back. If it's above, you guys just take the difference for us. And that's the most fair way that I know how to do it. So we did that for all of our construction agreements, which saved us. uh, I'm talking about, and this is going to sound outrageous. I'm talking about some of those swings were over $100,000 from when we originally budgeted to there. And some closer to $200,000. That... If you think about that, a builder didn't have that built in, and he tries to make up for that, it's tough, okay? Where I didn't do it, where we didn't do it, was all the rest of the little incremental ones. Um, The incremental ones on siding and roofing and trim and copper and PVC, okay? We just, I I didn't want to change order fatigue our clients. You know, we use change orders to build relationships. We do not use change orders to destroy relationships. Um, And so you just say, hey, you know what? Just keep on pushing forward. We'll find our efficiencies. We'll do it through managing a job to the 12 months or 14 months that we, we thought that we built it, and, but COVID, all these delays. And so here you go. The opportunity to see how much is going out the door on your overhead every single month when you think about that and you say, okay, every job during COVID on average took two months longer because of whatever delays, and there's probably a lot more than that. Two months of overhead, if you've got 10 jobs. 20 months. Now, you got to be a savvy builder, be looking at it in advance and to do something about it. But how do you go back to your client after the fact and you say, hey, you know, we didn't plan on your project going two months over? Um, I think that we're going to need to charge you some more money. You, if you're like us, you don't. Okay. You just work to the next one and work to the next one. But if you were not, if you didn't estimate that job and plan it on the right profit margin to begin with and be looking at your net profit margin across his, your historical jobs, you're very likely into that Ponzi type of phase now where you're not doing so good. And the only way that you get out is making right decisions and being honest with yourself and planning the next one's better um, to get out of it. So yeah, those were some mistakes. And I think that that was was an external thing, but also we probably could have been a little bit better prepared uh, to deal with those conversations uh, and not just do it for lumber, but to do it with everything else. but again, I'm 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 happy with where we are because we were safe through it. We watched the numbers, we stayed in 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 a positive position. Uh, but I can see for so many others that it was a that it was a very impactful um, thing that we all went through. But don't ignore it. I still see I still see builders out there, and I'm not being listen. I don't get a greedy bone in my body. Um, I know where our profit margins as builders and contractors need to be to run businesses, whether you're this big because I used to be that big, or whether you're this big because I'm that big now, um, or or maybe up here. And I'm not trying to say that I'm or we're trying to get much bigger than what we are right now with 10 people in the revenue that we do. Um, but I, I do see builders, here builders doing lower profit margins, and um, it's to get it's to get those jobs. And I'm fearful that they're trying to get those jobs with lower profit margins so they can make up for the last one. Um, and so those guys that are listening to me doing that, um, you need to price accordingly to, to save your business um, and to save the people that you're working for and look out for your subs and suppliers and vendors so that you don't end up in a very awkward position because the market can change tomorrow and that next job might not be there. So plan for these jobs today and make sure that you hit the numbers that make sh- that that allow you to be a profitable business um, otherwise you put everybody at risk and the most important person that you don't want to put at risk is your client um, because that can have a liability legally that can last a very long time um, and, and ruin families quite frankly so um, yes the mistakes made um, for sure financial planning um, is one of them and and dealing with these external things whether it's whether it's market fluctuations or or COVID or supply chain disruptions, uh, you got to remain nimble and you got to be up front with your clients um, and you got to have conversations with your peers. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, that one of the biggest opportunities I have to learn is to talk to other builders. Um, I wish I wish I endeavor for our local market to be more builder friendly, meaning our our I've got several builder buds, which is I'm blessed to have. Um, I'd love to have a hundred more in Charleston. Fortunately, I have enough. I have a, a good amount around the country, and thanks to DMs on Instagram and, and those sort of things, and the guys that call me and refer to me because I get, they may not know it. They're asking for this and that. They may not know it, but I'm getting just as much out of those conversations as they are. Um, it's collaboration over competition. Um, I'd love to do more of that in my own market, but I've learned so much, and you don't, how, how do I know how much to charge? You know, as a as a profit margin. If I'm not talking to other builders as well, if I'm not knowing my numbers extremely well, and so you got to do that stuff. If you're on your own island and you're still wearing these ten different hats, damn it! Listen to who, not how. Go get some more education um, and and become more comfortable. I I would say the biggest change from from when we chatted last to now is I was uneasy about COVID um, and, and where that was, you know, what that did to a lot of different things, and, and we. We kind of chatted about that and just lessons learned. But I'm extremely comfortable right now um, with where our business is, um, our culture and our company, uh, the financial metrics of, of how we're running jobs. COVID certainly taught us a ton of things. Um, our systems are a heck of a lot tighter than they've ever been. Our processes, our training, our training is a hell of a lot stronger. Than it's ever been and and we're going to reach you know as we chatted about those new echelons we'll continue to reach those new echelons and 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 i'm going to do it with builder trend as well um just throwing a shout out there and and i'll, I'll go bring this full circle to the who not how as i'm stopping the book in these you know mind-blowing moments of like holy smokes why am i continuing to push on this like this is my responsibility i have to do this because i feel that way all the time i feel like if i want to get this done right to do it yourself, and and that's just the, one of the big cognitive fallacies that we all convince ourselves about. And you can do some remarkable things with other people, and, and they can be better at it than you will ever be. Um, and if you do that, you do that together, and you both bring each other up. I mean, you're just you're just leapfrogging. But the big mic drop moment for me was thinking about our business. The most important who, looking back, that I didn't even realize was builder Builder Trend is one of our most fantastic whos. Ben and I, you know, eight or nine years ago, chose Builder Trend as we were, you know, interviewing Co constructing all these other ones, and we just said, "Hey, this is a, this is these are the people that I want to be with. This is this is the systems, the processes, the continued devotion to evolution, um, evolving the business that you guys have that helps keep us organized. So when we think about a who, all the components of Builder Trend, you know, Builder Trend revolving around the schedule, but the estimates the templates um the uh, po systems uh, gosh the whole way through the daily logs to the photos to the client interaction to the opportunity for them to see what our cost plus or simply some contracts look like the file repository which <laughs> i call our online filing cabinet you know i when i work for you know in the last episode Told everybody who I worked for. We had this file room that was ridiculous, and all the jobs are in there, and all the folders are in there, and the amount of paper clips and staples and paper in there was absolutely ridiculous. Now it's all a builder trend on the cloud, and everybody gets to access it on their computer, their phones, the clients, the subs, the vendors. Is remarkable. Can you imagine how many who's I need to do all that, and my only who to solve all of that is Builder Trend and the rest of our team to integrate our processes around Builder Trend. So, uh, these young builders that I get phone calls for, you know, still working off of spreadsheets that are sure. Could you template it? Yeah. But think about the amount of mistakes that just one keystroke can cause in a spreadsheet that are just cause havoc. I know because I've experienced it Mm -hmm. somehow, remarkably, something disappeared from a spreadsheet in a budget. And, and I'm the golden rule guy. I'm going to eat $28,000 septic (laughs) field that I didn't want to eat on a job because it just remarkably fell out of a spreadsheet. Those sort of things happen and um so yeah kudos to to builder Chen for being coke grants who our whole team's who and and we are definitely looking forward to continuing that relationship um and participating in the next things that you guys have coming out which thanks for letting us be involved with them
1: yeah i think it's zach and i are both pretty uh passionate about the community of builders we have and often trying to find ways to connect them whether it's at BTU or online. And I'd just say to any of our listeners, like if you're looking for a builder buddy and you're looking for a builder like you, like you can send us an email at podcast at buildertrend.com. Zach and I would love to connect you. You know, we work with a lot of different builders. Um, and we're always, I'm always thinking, oh, you need to meet you know Joe Christensen <laughs> in Kansas City or you need to be Brad Levitt in uh, Phoenix. And Zach has so many connections with his role in CS. Or you can also join uh, we have a Facebook group for the podcast called uh, "The Building Code Crew," you can go in there. You can ask questions. You can say, "Hey, I'm a builder in, you know, North Dakota. Who else is out here?" and and connect and make some friends because the information sharing is uh, so valuable. Because you might think that you've you figured it all out, but life is, as I like to say, too short to make all the mistakes. So you should learn from others. And all of our builders are so kind and so willing to help each other out. Um, So
2: you're right, Courtney, you guys have introduced me to a number of folks and, and those will end up being lifelong relationships. Uh, So, so thanks to that. And I didn't know about the, the Facebook group. So I'm going to to get you in there.
1: You should be running. You should be running the Facebook group. Yeah. We'd
0: love to have you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about that. He's
1: like, I did not sign up for this. Yeah. Wait a minute. Back that up.
0: That's one of my favorite things that i I'm always just blown away by it in the construction industry is I think it's because they're such a relationship focus industry for the building process that they're extremely open to sharing how they got there, and it is something that keeps me ever engaged with the people that I get to meet here on the building code and in my customer success role. So, Adam, we are at a time that was a great conversation. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for kind of showing us all the things happening. We'll, we'll, we'll check back in with you for sure. You're always welcome we'll back. Another for forty that. episodes. Another That's 44 episodes. right. We'll hit you up about 35, <laughs> 40 episodes. We'll make that happen, but no, it, it will get you in that three club. It's a prestigious group. So. All right. Sounds great.
2: Well, Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, anybody that wants to reach out to me, I'm, I'm open book. Uh, feel welcome to reach out. Cope Grand Holmes is, is uh, the old website right now, but socials are great. Um, DM me, email me, whatever you guys want.
0: Yep, thanks so much. Love it, thanks. All right, I enjoyed it, see y'all. Well, we just had Adam from Cope Grand Homes, second time. Courtney, what'd you think?
1: He's just one of my favorites. I know, I I felt like,
0: (laughs) it's hard. We (laughs) Charlie and I talk about it all the time. It's like, we actually got asked on a different podcast that uh, we kind of went on like, well, who was our favorite? And Charlie kind of copped out. He was like, well, I can't pick my favorite customer. I have to pick the consultants or the economists. And yeah. I was like, I don't know. You could have favorite kids, yeah. I guess. <laughs> favorite. Favorite people.
1: When I did PR in Broadway, we'd always say like our our favorite show is the one that we're currently promoting. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, if you if you say Adam's your favorite, and like Joe Christensen hears this, then you know oh, we no. could start some drama. So. No,
1: they're all my favorites. <laughs> I think Adam brings a lot to the table as far as you know, positive attitude and also like he's making South Carolina sound so amazing. I know it
0: was like a, like a tourist tourism or move to South Carolina. Yeah.
1: It's like, we need to get out there with a builder trend event and meet some more of the builders in the area. But I can't wait to add some books to my reading list and, you know, listen to some more podcasts. It's just so great to know that someone like him, who's constantly searching for the best thought leadership for the best advice on how to grow his business, to learn is also a listener of the building code, so yeah. Kudos to you and Charlie.
0: Well, thank you, Courtney. <laughs> um, it, it's the un- most underrated part of my job. I really look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I thought Adam, our discussion about you know some of the things about building habits and um were good takeaways for me. I definitely want to go check out um, the book that we discussed. the The interesting thing about being a business owner for me is the people who are really effective business owners are really never like. They never get to that point of i've made it you know they're always constantly trying to improve a process here mm-hmm. find a, a talent gap here bring in more revenue so i can do these other things so i just respect adam a lot for his mindset as you talked about but he just really strikes me as someone who you want to spend time around and be a part of his team he's just so genuine and warm and it yeah. was a great interview
1: and i think we've I've sat in on a few episodes lately, been really lucky to interview some of these builders with y'all and you find this common thread, this common denominator of builders who do have that growth mindset, who value their people, who are trying to be innovative and not really thinking, what is everybody else doing? But it's almost like they're in competition with themselves, mm-hmm. that they're high achievers, that they're not you know, looking to the people next to them and saying, how do I do it like him? It's how do I do it better than I'm doing it right now? And it's a common thread we have here at Builder Trend. And I think that's why we have all these great customers. And, you know, we're drawn to each other and we work really well together. And I mean, sky's the limit. And they're teaching us things every day.
0: Yeah. I always feel really special when they're like, Zach, I have this problem. Help me solve it. I'm like, me? Like, yeah, me? I'm just a guy. <laughs> like, I work in a tech company. And that's the fun part is we help each other. And it really makes magic. Yeah. So,
1: it's such an honor. So
0: don't forget we got to throw it to the social channels. Where can people find us?
1: Yeah, head over to Facebook. We have the Building Code Crew. It's a Facebook group. It's small but mighty, and hopefully growing will grow faster the more we talk about it. But if you join the Facebook community, you can connect with other listeners, other builders. You can request episode topics. You can ask questions to Zach and Charlie. You can give us feedback. You can just drop us some funny GIFs. Or gifts, depending Ooh, on which generation. controversial. Yeah. Then, and then, uh, if you love the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That's how we climb the charts. Those are the numbers we can show. You know, our leadership that you know you you're loving this podcast. Um, and then you can also follow us on social media anywhere at Builder Trend. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're not on TikTok, but maybe we should start a poll.
0: Charlie would love that.
1: Yeah. Like send us a note if you think we need to be on TikTok. We're on threads. Uh, that's a new one. I'm not sure if we've threaded yet, Ooh. but we're there. We're out there and we're ready to, 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 to all of our fans.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for joining us on the building code. We'll see you next time.